Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. With their abysmal losing streak behind them, the Bears hope to keep themselves on the winning path when they get a visit from Lovey Smith and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Soldier Field on Sunday. Can the Bears spoil Lovey's homecoming? Or will the Bucks end our new streak? All of this and so much more on the Week 12 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. I gotta be honest. This was one of the games that I had circled when the schedule came out back in April. Lovey coming back to Soldier Field. What's going on, everybody? Larry D back for the Week 12 episode, uh, the Week 12 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Uh, here to discuss yet another football game the Bears must take place in, uh, uh, on take part in, I should say, on Sunday, and it's the beginning of of an interesting stretch of the schedule, uh, one that you guys heard me kind of complain about at the beginning of the season, or at the very least mention uh, at the beginning of the year, uh, because this Sunday, November the 23rd, marks the last time the Bears will play on Sunday until week 16, because we play on Thanksgiving Day, so we're going to have a, a flurry of shows here over the next uh, week or so. Uh, you know, we're, we're, I'm going to uh, I'm going to do the review episode on Sunday after the game. So that's going to come out Sunday afternoon, Sunday night. The preview episode is going to be on Wednesday. Then we play the game on Thursday against the um, the Lions on Thanksgiving Day. So the review episode will probably be somewhere between Saturday and Monday only to play on Thursday the following week against the Cowboys on Thursday night football. Then we wait 11 days from December 4th all the way to December 15th before the Bears take the field once again to play the Saints on Monday night football. Then we're on a short week after an 11-day break and play the Lions in Soldier Field week 16 on a Sunday for the first time since three days from now on the 23rd so it's it's uh, I'm interested to see how this is all gonna shake out because we've got three Sundays in a row with no Bears because we play two Thursday night games and a Monday nighter before the Bears play on on Sunday uh, again so you know I, I think it's gonna be great the, I mean I love it when the Bears play on Thanksgiving because you know I'm heavily invested in those games anyway just no matter who's playing whether you know obviously it's always the Cowboys and the Lions but you know every now and then they throw us a bone and, and put the Bears uh, in there that just kind of adds to the whole mystique on on Thanksgiving see my team play uh, on Thanksgiving but and then you know it'd be fun to see them play again on Thursday night the only game that's taking place that night and uh, and everything that'll be great and Monday night is always a treat but you know that's a lot of that's that's three Sundays in a row with no Bears football. It's uh, it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a pain. I can just tell. So you know it'll be great when the Bears are playing, but it's really gonna suck on Sunday when they're not. You know what I mean? So anyway, enough of that little uh, rant. Uh, you know it's gonna be an interesting football game uh, because despite being two and eight, the Buccaneers are still in the hunt for the NFC South Division Championship because. The Atlanta Falcons are in first place in the division at four and six. 
uh, tied with the New Orleans Saints that they hold a tiebreaker over because they beat New Orleans earlier uh, in the year. But with six games to play at two and eight, the Buccaneers are only two games out of first place so they're not coming in just looking to play spoiler to the bears uh you know who are trying to get themselves on their own winning streak after finally getting off the schneid last week against the vikings they're actually playing for something you know this is a team that has a legitimate shot at the playoffs because of the crummy division uh that they play in so um you know they're not just coming in there looking to get uh, looking for an emotional win to get Lovey some some vengeance. You know, not that Lovey's looking for it, but you know, just the, that extra motivation. Wouldn't it be nice to stick it to the team that fired Lovey after a double-digit win season? Um, you know, in his old home stadium. But um, you know, they're they're actually uh, you know with, the, with where they're sitting right now in their division, that should be the last thing that they're thinking about. Because they have their own fish to fry, so uh, the you know vengeance should be the furthest thing from their mind. That should be a uh, you know a byproduct you know of of them winning on Sunday if they manage to pull it off. So um, you know that's just where mentally the Buccaneers have the luxury of being, despite being two and eight uh, in Levy's first year down there in Tampa. So anyway, lots to talk about here. Um, you know, not a whole lot in in the way of. Uh, news and notes uh this week i mean it's just a lot of talk about lovey and uh you know josh mccown coming back to town and 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 all the rest of that uh stuff so so nothing nothing really interesting going on as far as that is concerned uh so we'll just go ahead and jump right into the preview of the bears and buccaneers at soldier field on sunday You know, heading into this football game, when I was looking at the schedule this year, uh, I, I envisioned that six and four would be the worst that the Bears would be sitting at this point in the season. Um, you know, trying to hang on to first place or trying to hang on to a wild card spot until they hit this this stretch here uh, of games: um, Detroit, Dallas, uh, New Orleans. You know, like, like I figured the Detroit game would be tough in Detroit, but I, you know, I, I was confident that the Dallas and New Orleans home games would be wins for us. So at the very worst, we'd be like eight and five going into, you know, going into that, uh, the last few games uh, of the season. But instead <laughs> we're, we're four and six and we pretty much need to win out to have a chance because of the division that we play in, um, you know, with, uh, you know, like a seven and two, eight and two, uh, seven and three, Detroit. Uh, seven and three, Green Bay. We're three games behind them both, and we're even worse behind Green Bay because they have the back-to-back. Uh, they got the season sweep on us. But um, uh, so we head into this football game with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a riding on a, on a victory. We beat the Minnesota Vikings, and the thing that that worries me, even though we won on Sunday. Uh, against the Vikings was the fact that we could have put the Vikings away so much sooner than we did uh, on Sunday uh, in a few different ways. Uh, if we make the field goal in the first quarter. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Order, it's a, it's a, you know, it's an extra three points uh, that we have there. If we take the points on fourth and goal instead of trying to run the run it in from, you know, with that ridiculous quarterback sweep run that the bears tried to do uh, 
you know, we're ahead 27 to 13, uh, you know, and the Vikings are trying to perform a miracle as opposed to trying to send it to overtime uh, there at the end. You know, like I said, it was way too exciting at the end, especially with the way that the Bears dominated the football game. I mean, if you look at it statistically, we blew Minnesota out of the water. You know, we had nearly 40 minutes of time of possession uh, against the Vikings, which means their offense was barely on the field uh, on Sunday. And yet we only came away with three three scoring drives uh, in the game, which is, you know, worrisome uh, going into this game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, especially with the way that they performed on Sunday against the Washington Redskins. Uh, they went on the road to RFK or FedEx Field or whatever the hell you want to call it nowadays. And, you know, they they scored 27 points. 14 of those points were on big passing plays uh, from McCown to Mike Evans. And, you know, this is going to be a week where it's going to be uh, beneficial to, well, I mean, I guess both sides can say the same thing, but... Uh, but, you know, Tim Jennings and uh, Kyle Fuller, our starting cornerbacks, uh, will benefit from having to face Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey in practice every day because they're going to be facing the same thing uh, as far as big, lengthy, uh, you know, go up and get the football receivers in Mike Evans, the rookie out of Texas A&M, and Vincent Jackson uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think both of them are 6'5". Um, for the Buccaneers so that's we face a similar challenge uh, in the game that those guys have to deal with uh, in practice and vice versa for the Buccaneers they face Evans and and Jackson every day uh, in practice so going up against Alshon and Brandon Marshall uh, should be you know more of the same uh, for them as far as learning to, to play against these big lanky receivers uh, you know, trying to get advantage over a guy that can, that's taller than you and can try to go up and take the ball uh, out of the air. So, you know, it's uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens um, there, as, um, especially with our corners, uh, to see how Kyle Fuller, uh, who did a heck of a job against um, Kelvin Benjamin, who was a big, tall receiver for the uh, Carolina Panthers. You know, he played very, very well. Uh, against Benjamin he was a virtual non-factor in that football game despite the Panthers winning it Um, so uh, you know we'll see how Kyle Fuller does this week no matter who he's who he's got whether it's Evans or or Jackson and and see how he matches up Uh, Tim Jennings is a short short corner five eight five nine so there's definitely height advantage over them but hopefully he can use some of that uh some of what he's learned and practiced against Marshall and Jeffrey to uh, work to his benefit uh, on Sunday. So that's a matchup to watch is, um, you know, both sets of receivers against both sets of corners because both of those corner uh, tandems deal with these kinds of guys in practice. Will they be able to incorporate that uh, in the football game and use some of those tricks of the trade to, uh, you know, try to keep things at least at a stalemate uh, out there uh, on the football field? But... I got a feeling more than anything that it's going to be scheme more than athleticism that kills the Bears, if anything, uh, on the defensive side uh, this Sunday. That, um, you know, if if the, the, the Buccaneers can figure out a way to get one of those guys into an open space, then that's how we'll get hurt because that's what Tampa Bay did uh, against Washington. Both passes that uh, Mike Evans caught for touchdowns, he was wide open both times, especially uh, the longer one. I think he he had a couple of steps uh, on his corner and they were somehow, you know, able to look the safety off and get it down the sideline to where he was wide open and there was nothing in front of him but air and opportunity, you know, between him and the end zone. So uh, those are the kinds of things that we're going to want to avoid uh, on the defensive side are those those, uh, coverage brain farts that we had against Green Bay where Jordy Nelson, uh, who's slowly but surely becoming one of the elite receivers uh, in the game, is left to be wide open by 12 yards uh, in either direction from the safety uh, or the corner, uh, you know, things like that. We, we can't have that happening uh, against the, uh, the Buccaneers because this is a team, like I said, that still has something to play for. 
despite their despite two and eight, uh, you know, any other two and eight team uh, is looking to just try to get through the season healthy or is looking to develop talent to see who they want to have on next year's team uh not using what not trying to put their best foot forward to make it to the postseason um you know that that's what makes the buccaneers dangerous is that despite the way that they played they're still in this thing i mean they're actually even more in it than the bears are at this point you know they're only two games back from atlanta two games back from new orleans I think they're only, I think they actually, no, they didn't. They lost to Carolina. But, uh, you know, they, they're, they're, they're still in this thing, and they're only two games back with six games to play. They have a better shot at the making the playoffs than the Bears do uh, at this point, which is ridiculous considering they're sitting at 2-8 and eight, uh, at this point. You know, they still have a lot to play for, and, um, you know, they're, they're, they're going to come in motivated and, you know, ready to play uh, on Sunday uh, and try to steal one uh, from the Bears. I mean, this this could also be a trap game for the Bears looking past Tampa Bay and getting ready for a division game, uh, a much more meaningful division game on Thanksgiving uh, against the Lions, especially with that short week, uh, you know, between now and then. I mean, it's a week from now. The Bears will be playing their second game. You know, here I sit in my in my living room on Thursday night. Uh, the Bears are going to be playing a second time uh, seven days from now, you know. So despite how they looked last week against the Washington Redskins, McCown had a very efficient day, 288 yards, two, three touchdown uh, passes. They only allowed one touchdown last week to the Redskins, held RG3 in check, got him turning over the football uh, and things like that. Um, it was a very Lovey-esque type win. You know, they were turning those turnovers uh, into points, and that's how they were able to put space between them uh, and the uh, and the Redskins. Statistically, this you know they're not a very good football team, uh, not very much, uh, not very good at all. Actually, they're 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 nineteenth in passing yards, twenty eighth rushing the football, and then on the defensive side, this is what should be encouraging for us. They're thirtieth against the pass, twenty second against the run. So, thinking with those numbers, our offense should be able to carve their defense up, because the Bears, on the other hand. I mean, to talk about what a difference a year makes, 15th against the run, only 110 yards a game as opposed to the 160, 170 yards a game we were allowing last year, and but 25th against the pass, that, that behind the backer in front of the safety space that uh, teams have been exploiting against us all year, that's really driven those numbers down or up, down, however you want to look at it you know we've got the 10th best passing game uh in the league the 19th best rushing attack and that's because we don't use forte enough uh on the offensive side uh of the football you know you know that lovey's going to be focusing because who does he know better than the team that he's got in front of him i mean granted uh, i think i was just reading something a few minutes ago there are only 13 guys on the team that played for lovey but you know the 13 guys that are still on the team were guys that played for Lovey, like Jay, like Matt Forte and Garza and, you know, Lance Briggs, Tim Jennings, Stephen Paya, uh, and so on. So these are guys that Lovey knows well because they put in the miles under Lovey's time. So you know that his number one defensive focus going into this football game has to be to stop Matt Forte because he knows better than anyone that if Jay Cutler is the guy that's got to beat you, You've got a chance because Jay hasn't made a reputation on winning football games by himself. You know, if Matt Forte isn't able to carry the load or to even help contribute and you got to put it on Jay and the passing game, then, you know, you've got a chance, you know, because then you get after him. You, you rattle him a little bit. Maybe he starts making some silly throws. We start getting those turnovers that you know Lovey emphasized the same as he did when he was here. Next thing you know, you know, you're playing on – you've gotten some turnovers. You're playing on short fields. It's easier to put points on the board, and you're ahead, and you're in front, and, you know, the Bears are trying to catch up, which um, was something that we could do last year because of our offensive firepower. 
But this year, it just seems like if you get out in front of us, we'll let you stay there. You know, I hate to use the term lay down, but that's basically what they did against Green Bay uh, on Sunday night for the whole world to see, and that's what everybody accuses them uh, of doing uh, in that football game. You know, that's what we're going to look to avoid uh, on Sunday is uh, anything that we can do to keep Tampa Bay out of it in the beginning of the game and whether that's uh you know just shutting down their offense or maybe even coming out and putting up points of our own uh whether it's just putting field goals on the board this is a team that has trouble scoring points you know surprise surprise a lovey a lovey coached offense has trouble putting points on the field uh, points on the board 14 against carolina 19 excuse me 17 against St. Louis, 14 against Atlanta. That was the game that they were down 56 to nothing before they finally started scoring some points. Uh, when they beat Pittsburgh, they scored 27. They, they, they managed to score 31 in an overtime loss to New Orleans, uh, then came back the next week against Baltimore, 17 points in a loss, 13 points in a loss to Minnesota, 17 points in a loss to Cleveland, 17 points in a loss to Atlanta, and then last week when they finally snapped their five-game winning losing streak, 27 points that seems to be their magic number you score 27 points you're going to win a football game uh in tampa bay so but the magic number for us then would be anything above 17 because that's where the uh, the the bucks tend to hit the ceiling or so it would appear from their uh tail of the tape so far this year 17 seems to be their ceiling except for those couple of football games that they have won so we score 21 points we should win and considering the numbers that we're putting up on offense versus the number that they're putting up on defense should be fairly, I don't want to say easy, but it's definitely possible. You know, I don't think anybody is going out there expecting the Bears to lose this game. I'm certainly not one of them. Um, you know, but with the emotion involved and the fact that Tampa Bay still has something to play for, and like I mentioned before, might actually even have more to play for than the Bears do, considering that it's probably going to be easier for tampa bay to make the playoffs than it will be for the bears uh at this point as ridiculous as that sounds um their schedule is not kind they got cincinnati next week then they're at detroit at carolina home for green bay home for new orleans yeah yeah they're not going to win any of these games i don't think anyway uh you know honestly i would say probably uh carolina is probably going to be the easiest game uh, and that's actually maybe New Orleans will be because they almost beat them in New Orleans. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, but, you know, looking at it on paper, yeah, they've they've they they've got an easier chance because they're only two games back with six to play. And they're the other teams in their division can't seem to figure out how to win football games. So maybe if they can win a few, then they put themselves in a prime spot to to make the make the playoffs i was uh, looking at an article today and somebody was was writing about the possibility of an 5 and 11 nfc south champion with the way that that division is playing i i fully expect the winner of that division to have a losing record 7 and 9 6 and 10 somewhere along those lines which would probably spur the nfl which is looking to change up the playoffs anyway to really really look at something like that like yeah maybe the division winner you know deserves to be in the playoffs but a six and ten team should not be hosting a playoff game against a you know a wild card team that went ten and six to make the playoffs um so maybe that's something that they look at uh based on this but you know back to the game the the bears on offense like i said it's it's about forte and you know that lovey is focusing on stopping forte for the reasons that i mentioned uh before but we got to get him involved same way that we did last week against minnesota uh you know he had a very solid game against minnesota over 100 and 100 plus yards rushing the football another 60 or so out of the backfield you know running downhill for the most part uh, I don't like I said I don't I don't I can't recall a time in the game against Minnesota last week that that he was stuffed for a loss or 
you know, that, that he didn't gain positive yardage uh, last week. So, you know, we're facing the number 22 rushing attack, uh, you know, a run defense in the league. We should make a solid attempt to uh, get Forte going early and often uh, on Sunday uh, against the Buccaneers. And then, you know, we're facing the 30th ranked passing defense in the league. As long as we can keep Jay upright and protected, which is what we did last week uh, against the Vikings. Yeah, Jay took a couple of hits, but he didn't get sacked last week. If we can do that again against these Buccaneers, then, uh, you know, it, it could be one where we're, we're, we're um, cruising after halftime, which would be nice to see, especially considering we got a game uh, in four days after that uh, on Thanksgiving. So, you know, that's, that's what I would like to see the Bears do. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, get Matt Forte going multiple touches, out running the ball, catching it out of the backfield, whatever that'll open things up for Marshall Jeffrey. I would also like to see Martellus Bennett more involved for a guy that was on pace to to uh, you know set league, let the you know set the standard for in league for uh, for catching passes and was in the mix for you know most pat catches caught by a tight end and you know leading the league in touchdown receptions for for tight ends and so on he's kind of faded into the background the last uh five weeks you know i don't know if that's more from you know like if he was his own worst enemy where teams were focusing more on him now after the damage he's been doing or if it's just you know just because the bears have been playing like crap and <laughs> they're looking for bigger plays downfield um you know, it's a good question, but I would like to see Bennett get more involved uh, in the offense. And of course, Marquise Wilson. I mean, the more the merrier on our all side of the, the football, uh, you know, on the offensive side, it's it should be uh, we should be making a concerted effort to spread the ball around uh, as much as possible. If If the Bears can do that, if they're not just focusing on any one guy, I think they could be unstoppable on the offensive side of the football you got forte coming out of the backfield you got marshall and jeffrey who are you know despite how they how the season is turning out one of the best wide receiving tandems in the league marquise wilson a guy they they think very highly of um finally getting back into the mix after being injured beginning of the year martellus bennett one of the more dynamic athletes playing tight end uh in the league right now if they don't know who we're going to be throwing the ball to instead of jay eyeballing marshall or eyeballing jeffrey you know get the ball into marquise wilson's hand help you know filter in josh morgan if he's healthy he's been out with i think a shoulder injury the last few weeks if he's out there let you know I, I would like to hear one of the hear announcers say you know jay cutler has just completed a pass to his sixth different receiver here in the first half as opposed to you know on sunday on sundays or mondays when i'm doing the review episode and i look at the receivers and there's only four different guys that caught balls you know and it's always the same guys jeffrey marshall bennett forte boom done those are the only guys that caught passes. Those are the only guys that Jay th even targeted uh, throughout the entire football game. And, you know, big surprise, those are the only guys, uh, you know, out there. So I would like to see, you know, in kind of in the, in the vein of what, uh, you know, Brady or Manning does where pretty much if, if you're out there, you're going to get the football. You know, if you're out on, on the football field, you should be looking for the ball. Every time, you know, you snap your head around, you should not be surprised to see the ball coming. That's what I would like to see the Bears do and mix it up a lot more uh, with their receivers so that Marshall and Jeffrey always have, an, have the chance to be open as opposed to everything being loaded, you know, to their side or, you know, the safety's always over the top so these guys can never get open and they're begging for us to attack the middle of the field with somebody else, but we won't because we're always going to try to hit Marshall and Jeffrey on the outside. We have to mix things up on offense, especially when it comes uh, to the passing game. So, and then on the defensive side of the ball, that is going to be, like I said, a, a challenge uh, for us. Um, the, the Buccaneers are, are better at throwing the football uh, than they are at uh, running it uh, considerably, actually. 28th in the league running the football. So 
not really anybody to worry about when it comes to them rushing the ball. Bobby Rainey's their leading rusher so far this year, only 392 yards rushing uh, this season. Uh, for him, only one touchdown. Like I said, they don't really specialize in scoring points. I mean, and just to put it in perspective, Forte, 733 yards so far uh, this season with six games uh, to go. So, you know, Kadeem Carey, who barely touches the ball, would be the second leading rusher on the football team if he was in Tampa Bay <laughs> right now. Uh, you know, he's only got 140 yards uh, rushing. You know, you'd think that if they if their leading rusher only had 392, that they were doing some platooning and that, you know, maybe the second string guy also had about 300 yards rushing. Like, no, the the, the leading guy's got under 400 yards. The other one's got under 200. Um, they're not very good at running the football. They're much better at passing. Mike Evans, 46 catches for 794 yards and seven touchdowns. He's the one we have to worry about. Vincent Jackson could be as dangerous has 43 catches so he's catching the ball almost as much as mike evans is but only 561 yards as opposed to almost 800 for mike evans only two touchdowns for vincent jackson so when it comes to plays when the when the buccaneers are looking to make a play especially in the passing game mike evans is the guy that they're looking to and uh so he's the one that the pairs need to be worried about that's the one we maybe want to cheat the safety over to his side of the field and force vincent jackson to beat us in the passing game force josh mccown to go to vincent jackson so we all know what what we're facing in josh mccown uh we also know that he doesn't have last year's offensive line in front of him uh he's taken taken quite a beating actually he had to miss about uh what four or five games uh this year with a uh with a thumb injury um you know and actually he's not even the leading passer on the team because mike glennon uh in the time that uh that mccown was injured threw you know threw for enough yardage that even though mccown's been back for two games he still threw for more yardage more yards than uh mccown has uh but uh, they've given up 27 sacks uh so far this year uh, 16 to Glennon, 11 to McCown. Uh, McCown's thrown thrown for six touchdowns and six picks, which is not what he was doing last year when he was with the Bears. He started five games, played in six or seven games for us uh, last year, so nearly half the schedule he took part in. One interception against 13 touchdowns. Uh, you know, so he's. We know how efficient he can be. We know how smart he can be with the football. He didn't make a lot of mistakes um, throwing, you know, throwing interceptions and things like that. Um, he's not surrounded by the same talent in Tampa Bay that he was uh, in Chicago. Yeah, he's got some pretty badass receivers with Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson, uh, that rookie tight end that they have, uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins, their second-round uh, pick. Uh, he's a talented kid. Only 19 catches for him, though, so far uh, this year. So, you know, he they've got the the, the people around, um, but they're they're not they're not Martellus Bennett. They're not Jeffrey. They're not Marshall. And he sure as hell does not have a Matt Forte uh, coming out of the uh, backfield. And even though our offensive line hasn't really been anything to write home about this year. Ara, he'll, he would take our offensive line over theirs if you put a gun to his head. I'm sure of it. So, um, you know, McCown was able to show the best possible side of himself last year in the best possible conditions that he could hope for. And that's why, because of the way that he played, he was too expensive for the Bears to hang on to. It's like I would, I would wager that Jay Cutler would be playing better if he still had McCown behind him for a couple of reasons. Number one, those guys had amazing chemistry with each other. They, you know, worked well together. McCown accepted his role. He wasn't somebody who was, you know, trying to maneuver his way out onto the field. He accepted that he was the backup. He accepted that he would step up when it when he was called upon and then take his take back the clipboard and the baseball cap on the sideline when the starter was ready to take the field once again. He was a team player. You know, basically, he's a guy that's happy to be that he's still happy to be playing. You know, McCown's been in the league since 03. This is his 11th, 12th season 
uh, in the league right now, making the most money he's ever made in his life because of what he was able to do in Chicago last year. So one of the reasons that that we'd probably that Jay Cutler would be playing better is because you know those two guys worked together; they had a great chemistry. And two, Jay's got to play if he wants to stay on the field. You know, it's Jim, Jim, Jimmy Clausen is no Josh McCown. If he was, then Jay probably would have been benched at some point this year. I guarantee you that. If Josh McCown was still on the team and Jay's playing the way he played, Josh McCown would be our starting quarterback. And that's just a fact because we know what Josh McCown can do. We saw him do it, and Chicago would be tearing, you know, the Chicago fan base in Chicago would be tearing the walls down getting trying to get Cutler off the field and get McCown out there if Jay was playing that way and McCown was still on the team so you know that very well could be you know the worst thing that the Bears did was let Josh McCown uh get away you know (laughs) especially with the way that uh you know well it's like we could have used that money we wasted on Lamar Houston this year and signed Josh McCown you know he got five million dollars a year ten million dollars in uh, and a two-year deal from the uh, Buccaneers, that money that we wasted on Lamar Houston, we could have used that to keep Josh McCown around and, uh, you know, <laughs> drafted a defensive end or something like that. But, uh, you know, hindsight being 2020, um, you know, I, I, I wish that we had kept McCown but I knew that it was highly unlikely uh, considering that there was a market out there for him and uh, that the Bears had – no choice they 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 had to they they couldn't keep both because we we'd be spending over 20 million dollars on the quarterback position and we're actually already would be closing spending close to 30 because jay's making 22 million this year on top of maybe 5 million uh for from account that's 27 million dollars on two quarterbacks and only one of them's getting to play so but i do believe honestly that if josh mccown was still on the team jay cutler would be playing better or he would be on the bench right now. That's, you know, the Bears would have another option at quarterback and we'd be using it right now. But instead, it's Jimmy Clausen. And, you know, even though he hasn't had a chance to prove it yet, Jimmy Clausen's no Josh McCown. So that's why he gets to watch and Jay keeps the playing. So, yeah. But going back to McCown, he is, we know what he's capable of in the best conditions. He's not playing in the best conditions right now with Tampa Bay, but we know what he can do. And we saw what, what happened last week against the Redskins. Those were the best possible conditions that he could play in as far as you know how it all worked out. He had time to sit back and throw the ball to find uh, Mike Evans down the field. They put 27 points on the board. He didn't turn the football over last week. The defense did its part and shut RG3 and the Redskins down. Boom, they made it look easy against the Redskins last week you know that was uh that was an awesome performance uh from them you know they did it on the road in hostile territory and uh you know like i said they made it look easy uh against the redskins in a game they were not favored to win now they're coming into another hostile environment um because i'm interested to see what kind of reception lovey's gonna get i mean it's it's certainly going to be interesting because of the way the bears are playing now because they're not playing their best because they're nowhere near record wise where we thought they were going to be at this point in the season uh you know there's a lot of lovey remorse uh going around like you know maybe we should have just you know hired an offensive coordinator or something uh to work on the offensive side of the ball or just shifted the focus of the team kind of like we have to try, try to meet more in the middle on the whole offense defense uh thing where we were spending more of our money on the defensive side of the ball but offense was suffering now it's kind of the other way around we're spending more of the f- money on the offensive side and the defense is suffering maybe if lovey was still here we'd have tried to find some kind of happy medium there you know get another offensive coordinator in there to work with jay or you know something in that regard too but uh (laughs) you know it's it's going to be interesting to see what kind of reception lovey gets i mean this is all the stuff you have to factor in like if he was coming in week one i don't i don't know what lovey what would have happened maybe some scattered applause maybe some booze you know for lovey and 
uh, and, and whatnot because, you know, we were still we still had boner for the Bears back then. Not so much anymore. It's uh, it's pretty quiet down there right now. You know what I'm saying? So it's, um, uh, you know, I'm interested to see what kind of reception that Lovey's going to get uh, on Sunday. But they're coming back into, you know, a hostile environment against a team that's desperate at this point, back against the wall. We can't lose anymore uh, this year. Uh, we got to keep winning football games. This is one of the few, you know, easily winnable games we have left uh, on the schedule, or, or at least I think this may be the last game uh, until we play Minnesota again that the Bears are going to be favored to win because there's no way in hell we're going to be favored to win on Thanksgiving Day. I don't think we'll be favored to beat the Cowboys. Maybe we'll be favored to beat New Orleans because of the weather factor uh, and everything, but I think that our next closest opportunity to be favored to win it like definitely 100% will be favored to win will be against Minnesota week 17 that will be the next time that I think the Bears are out and out favorites to win the game um, you know they have to keep the momentum going we have to stay strong and keep moving forward and you know this is the environment Tampa Bay's got to come in even despite the things they have to play for will they be able to duplicate the performance they had last week against Washington I don't think so. We've got a better football team, and, you know, we just need to play hungry. We need to play like we're hungry, and and what I said at the beginning of the segment there, that's what has me worried because we should have put Minnesota down a lot sooner than we did. We sh- it shouldn't have happened with a minute to go in the fourth quarter intercepting a pass in the end zone. It, it should have never come to that. It should have, you know, it should have been long over before then. Um, you know, if we score a touchdown, even if Robbie adds the field goal that he missed in the first quarter, we kick a field goal instead of trying to go for a touchdown on that fourth and one situation. Even though six points, it's a two-score game with a minute to go. You know, maybe Minnesota's still running that two-minute offense trying to put points on the board, but they're looking for a miracle you know, and then another miracle to give them chance, give themselves another chance at another miracle to try to score twice inside of two minutes to send it to overtime instead of, you know, one score will tie this thing if we can get the two-point conversion. Uh, like I said, it should have never come to that. And that lack of killer instinct is what has me worried about this game uh, on Sunday, that with the stakes being high as they are for Tampa Bay despite their record you know they're going to there's they've still got some dog in the fight you know they're not going to roll over for us and you know <laughs> will we be able to put our foot down on their throat and win this football game uh you know put them down early can we do it yeah we can't will we mm. we haven't done it yet we haven't put our foot down on anybody, you know, like we had the Jets in the beginning, week three. Uh, you know, we jumped out in front big, and, and defense played well. We were able to do things, but the Jets were still in it until the very end. Uh, you know, the only team that we ever really, you know, kind of put our foot down on was Atlanta. But it took into the mid to late third quarter before we were able to uh, do that and kind of coast into the fourth quarter. That was nice, but... You know, other than that, we've had opportunities like against Carolina. We're up 21 to 7, five minutes into the second quarter. We should have buried Carolina in their own blood in that football game. But instead, you know, mistake after mistake, you know, schemes and we're letting receivers open. The next thing you know, we're losing this game, turning the football over in the fourth quarter, giving it back to Carolina, losing losing a game that we should have won. And um, looking back at the Bears' schedule, you know, you were able to say that a couple of times last year. Well, we should have won this game. We should have won that game. We should have won this one. You know, we only have two games on this on this year's schedule where you say, you know, we, we should have won that game. We should have beaten Buffalo without a doubt. We should have beaten Buffalo, and we should have won that game against Carolina. There we'd be sitting at 6-4 and four and have, you know, we'd only be one game back in the division instead of three. And, you know, we'd have a chance at a, at a, at a wild card and, uh, you know, have a ton to play for and won't have to be perfect all the way through the stress of the season. You know, we have to go out there and, and kill, 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 kill. Be aggressive. Get after Tampa Bay. Get after McCown. He's thrown six interceptions so far. 
this year. I don't even think he's played in six games, and he's got six picks. We got to get the you know to get after him, force those mistakes. You know, maybe having Lovey in the building will inspire the defense. You know, let's show Lovey that you know we still know how to play defense in Chicago and go out there and show him how it's done, uh, and and uh, and do that. So. Yeah, been a little over all over the place, but uh, I think you guys know what I'm talking about here. You know, on the offensive side of the football, we want to spread the football around as much as possible because you know the Buccaneers are going to be focusing on Matt Forte while somehow still managing to make Forte a focal point in the offense. You know, even if we have to throw it to him more than we're handing it off to him, make sure that we're getting Matt Forte as many touches as humanly possible. And then when we're not throwing it to Forte, spreading the football around like i said i'd like to see a list of about seven or eight receivers catching passes uh when i look at the stat sheet on sunday as opposed to seeing jeffrey marshall bennett forte done that's our you know because usually you see for football teams they have four guys run the football and then you know but instead for us it's like two guys run the ball four guys catch the passes and that's it. Like, you would never know we have a 53-man roster because it's the same five guys that are touching the football every single week. So spread the ball around, be aggressive, get out in front of Tampa Bay, you know, because they're not a team that scores a lot of points. This is a Lovey Smith-run uh, football team. Scoring points is not their specialty. So if we can get up, if we can get into the 20 points, we're going to win ourselves a football game. And then on the defensive side, it's, you know, Use Lovey as your motivation. Show him that we still know how to play defense, be aggressive, get after the quarterback, force some mistakes, get those turnovers, and shut the Buccaneers down. I mean, our focal point, you know, where it was like last week, if we shut down the run because the the Vikings had the number 10 rushing offense in, in the NFL, we shut down the run, we'll force Teddy Bridgewater to beat us with the pass. This time, we want the Buccaneers to try to run the football because they have like the 29th ranked 29th ranked rushing attack in the league and even though they're only 19th in the league in throwing the football the weapons that they have can make that a dangerous combination uh very early in the football game so i think that's going to do it for the week 12 preview episode of the chicago bears review one big announcement that i want to make to you guys i should have made it earlier actually is that, uh, as you guys know, I've been making radio appearances uh, uh, usually on Monday and Friday mornings. I'm interested to see what it, what the schedule is going to look like with the upcoming uh, schedule that the Bears have with the two Thursday nighters and a Monday night uh, game coming up. But uh, been doing it over the phone or via Skype, taking part. You guys hear the segments when I uh, post them uh, on the uh, on Podbean to you know and on iTunes and such. Well, he's actually invited me to come out uh, at the end of the season to uh, to do a year in review episode. Uh, and, and Doug is on the air from nine to eleven, uh, you know, in the morning, and he wants to have me out for the whole show. So whether we're talking about the Bears for that entire time from nine to eleven, he's having me in the studio. We're going to do a year in review show. Uh, we haven't put a date on it yet. I mean, right now with the way things are looking. Uh, we're, we're talking about the Friday, January 2nd, but, uh, hoping against hope that we can push it back to, you know, the 10th or, you know, the 9th, the 10th, you know, whatever, uh, because the bears are going to be perfect the rest of the way down and figure out that they are actually a pretty talented football team, uh, and make a run at this thing. But just in case they don't, I want to kind of wet your beaks out there, let you know that, um, you know, it won't be uh, like a four or five minute segment where Doug asks me a couple of questions and then we go to the next commercial break and that's it. I'm going to actually travel to Cedar Rapids about an hour and a half away from here and sit face to face with Doug in the studio for two hours. And we're going to break down this season and talk about, you know, what's positive, what's negative. I mean, who knows? Seven weeks from now when this season is over, will we be talking about who the Bears should hire to be their next head coach? Um, you know, who's our new defensive coordinator going to be, you know, what is this team going to look like seven weeks from now when the season is over? How much of it is coming back in 2015, uh, considering how disastrous this first part of the year has been? If, if we have any more Green Bays or New Englands, ugh, it won't just be Mel Tucker who's looking for a new job come January. So 
we'll uh we'll see i mean it's there's a lot that's going to happen between now uh and then but i will definitely keep you guys posted uh as we get closer to the end of the season obviously we'll get closer to figuring out when uh we're going to be able to do the show but when i but when it happens that's when i'll be down there you guys can hear it live um most of you probably just hear it through like the iheart radio app uh it's 600 wmt wmt in in cedar rapids am 600 um you can find i found it easy when i look for it on the iheart radio app or you can listen to the website uh 600.wmtradio.com and um you know I'm, I'm pretty sure that i'll be able to post the show uh on the um on the on, on podbean and itunes and such so you guys will be able to hear it but you know we're going to be doing this thing live from 9 to 11 a.m central time so if you guys want to call in and be a part of the show i'm sure that's going to be uh an option so uh but like i said the closer we get to that date the more that uh you know i'll talk about it and you know see if we can uh narrow down a date or nail down a date depending on how the season turns out also uh you know it's iowa it's iowa country so you know we may also have to schedule the show around uh, iowa basketball or you know bowl games that kind of thing it's you know january 2nd right there it's you know that's the heart of bowl season where all the big ones uh, are being played that particular weekend so like i said we'll keep you posted on on what date we're going to be doing the show on but i'd love to have you guys uh you know come out and and listen to the show live maybe even take part if we have some call-ins uh and things like that i think it'd be great to uh to do that to hear some of your voices all these people that have been listening to me listening to my voice for the last seven years let's hear your voice too when we do this show so like i said i'll keep you posted on when that's going to go down and we'll be back like i said on sunday you know maybe i'll do the show as the the seconds are ticking off the clock on sunday but i'm definitely doing the show on sunday sunday afternoon sunday night the review of the bears and the bucks you know basically the whole show is going to be a knee-jerk reaction let's hear how that sounds uh so until then my name is larry d and this has been the chicago bears review